0: Uh, hello, this is Guillermo del Toro and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello.
1: <laughs> we are now recording and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe, hi, hello, Merry Christmas. Out now is a film pod Happy Halloween. Would make more yeah, sense happy, yeah, we're <laughs> having to be Whenever you're listening to this. Okay. Out now, what are Hello we doing? Hello, 2019.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast, which has Abe and I normally discussing new movies legally. However... Every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun uh, commentaries or something completely different. And this is, again, something completely different. It is our latest in the uh, horror specials we've been doing for this past month. Uh, For those of you that have been following along, uh, we've been doing various horror subgenres, special bonus episodes focused entirely around one genre of horror. Uh, For the first week we did slasher films, then we did monster movies, last week we did found footage, and for our fourth episode, in this uh, series of five horror specials, we are now going to be discussing horror comedies. And uh, yeah, so that's the, the topic for this week, the, uh, the penultimate chapter of this horror special series. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun with these so far. Um, so let me just get right into uh, what guests are going to be joining Abe and I this week to talk horror comedies. We have, from M-Time, recently found dead and loving it, it's Todd Gilchrist. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me back on. Always a pleasure. From Joe Blow, he's just come back from a werewolf bar mitzvah. It's Jimmy O. Oh,
0: werewolf woman.
1: <laughs> From And lastly, from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he's looking for a scare, a laugh, and a scaff. It's Brandon Peters.
2: <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> see, Hi, it's, it's horror comedy, so he, he laughed a little.
1: I see what he did there. Yes. I definitely <laughs> felt the horror. I I felt the horror when I came up with that amazing joke of combining the words laugh and scare and creating scaf. That's the that's the kind of talent I have when it comes to these intros. But uh, how are how are all of you guys doing tonight?
3: Terrific. Yeah, we're doing. I'm doing great.
1: I, I yeah, fine. I guess
3: this is actually probably my favorite um, subgenre uh, in terms of not just uh, like I like I love zombies and I love slasher movies, but I, but I like the the synthesis of two sort of genres. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about these uh, these movies. I'm
1: awesome. glad I plucked you at random and found the best one for you to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> it's the kind of research I do when it comes to selecting guests for out with out there today. <laughs> 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 but um, as um, for, for, for those that haven't followed along with these uh, special episodes and those who have, you, you know how this works, so just sit back while I explain it real quick. Basically, Abe and I along with Brandon, Jimmy, and Todd are all going to discuss uh, the nature of the, the genre horror comedy, what goes into it, what we think of it, how it kind of went about becoming what it is, where it is now, what have you, and now we're each of us going to go into five separate picks that we've all made that correspond to the genre. They're not necessarily our favorites, they're not necessarily ranked, they're not necessarily the pinnacles of what the genre has to offer, just ones that we wanted to put a spotlight on. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you guys might have done you know, any number of those things when considering how to make your list, but we'll get to that. But yeah, that's the idea. We'll talk about what horror comedy is, and then go into some fun picks from each of us um, that could certainly serve as recommendations um, for people that you know want to you know d- delve more into the genre themselves and watch a number of what i assume are mostly good movies i know sometimes we've chosen like bad movies on purpose to emphasize what's a bad horror comedy or a or a bad you know entry in the genre, such as Diary of the Dead last week when we talked about found footage films. <laughs> but um, oh, I have a feeling that we probably all chose films that we actually like when it comes to horror comedy, because no, nah. no one likes a bad no. horror comedy. Okay, never mind. No. <laughs> no, I'm just no, they kidding. They're pretty decent. You, you, you all chose Scary Movie 4 through 6. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll move on. Yep. And Haunted House too. And
0: Haunted House
4: 2. <laughs> I love Haunted House too. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> Probably the best oh, Michael Wayne's movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Damn right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well,
3: <laughs> you'll um... notice I did not comment.
1: Because <laughs> he likes it. He's <laughs> a big fan. It's a co-producer, <laughs> I believe. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> before we before we get right into it let's uh real quick uh we do have a bit of a contest going on right now basically email us at Podcast at gmail.com your pick for your favorite horror comedy uh we've said this for every other episode corresponding to those genres so this week we're talking horror comedy so email in with your pick for best horror comedy uh, chances are uh you'll probably win something because all I'm gonna do is chances
0: collect- are wasn't a rom- uh, a horror comedy yep. this is like a romantic comedy what are you doing?
1: A romantic comedy. Chances yeah, are, in regard words. to the topic I'm discussing, that if you were, oh, if you were to email I in, see. you can probably win. we we'd love to get more emails. But you know, the gods are in your favor. That if you email in about your favorite pick from this genre, uh, I'll probably pick it out of the hat that I you know taken from Abe's house. Put all the names yeah. in, and then give back to Abe later on. Chances are, from that hat, I'll probably pick your name. So you know, doesn't hurt to try. Out now, you listen. listen. I'll mention yeah. that again. Subject, but...
2: subject line: Ha 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 ha! Kill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of laughs and murder, most foul. Murder. Let's uh let's define the genre horror comedy. We, so, th- I mean obviously, it seems almost like it's self-explanatory. A horror comedy is a horror movie featuring comedy, but I don't know if it's all that simple. So, uh, let's uh let's start off Todd since you're uh, new to these horror batches uh for this uh, these special episodes. What, what what do you what do you define as when it comes to like a horror comedy?
3: Well, I mean, I feel like a lot of horror movies have elements of humor to them. I mean, you know, the original Halloween, when you have Loomis hiding in the bushes, scaring like little kids away from the My- the Myers house and stuff like that. But, but I feel like, hey,
5: Lonnie Lamb, get away from there!
3: But Actually, I just
0: said Lonnie, sorry.
3: Yeah, but but I, I I the ones that that I feel like are really successful. Um, are the ones that that really work as horror movies, and then also, you know, sort of uh, either embrace uh, the 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 gallows humor of it or subvert it. I mean, like you know, um, Shaun of the Dead is a movie that I would certainly put up there among the best ever made in terms of that subgenre. And I mean, that's a great example of a movie that has. Uh, I would say the, the zombies themselves are not always terrifying, but uh, but the way that it Pairs that with this very sort of mundane romantic comedy element, I think, is is exemplifies like what can be great in a horror comedy. And then there's other ones where they are just like you're you're shocked at how scary they can be. And at the same time, like the fact that they're scary in a way that makes you laugh. And uh, I mean, not to not to give away. Because I've written down about fifteen, in case you guys mention them. But oh yeah, I got like, a whole like, lot of
1: backups
3: also. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, sure. But I was going to say, "Drag Me to Hell" is a great example to me of a movie which not only do I love, but like you know, you watch it and you're like, "Oh, this is really creepy and kind of scary." But then like half of the stuff that's scary is actually like really like weird and funny. I mean, like you have a a goat talking, and you have like <laughs> this girl getting bugs vomited into her mouth and things like that that are like really unpleasant and also like funny because they're so excessive
2: well it's like you get so squeamish you laugh about it like it's, it's yeah. a weird a weird reaction you have like I've, I've noticed like a lot of times i've talked about like when you go to a theater and you're seeing like some sort of like scary film or something like that and something intense happens some people's ultimate reaction when they're scared or something is to laugh mm-hmm. instead and it's not like they're laughing at the movie it's just that's how they feel during like a grotesque scene or something they're like, oh, oh, oh no. But it's not like you're laughing at the movie. That's just like this reaction, even to like scary stuff, and not just, just like the horror. Comedy.
1: And just nervous tension in general. It's yeah. often, bro, I mean, you watch something like I, I think of like the paranormal activity movies. Um, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate. I know a lot of people sometimes, you know, the audiences don't play to their favor as far as what they're reacting to and how they're reacting. I've been fortunate. I think every paranormal activity movie I've seen, which I tend to purposely do at midnight. Cause I think that gets the best crowd. They've been they've they've been in on what the movie is as far as the 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 scares are there when you know doors slam or whatnot and people have the right reaction but there are like setups to things that don't necessarily pay off with a like a fright or it's a fake out of some kind you know there's a there's a way that these things play, you know pay off where it can it does it, it, it does inspire a level of humor like it doesn't inspire you know, you know people to kind of chuckle at what they're reacting to where it's like oh that wasn't scary after all ha 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 but I am nervous about the situation like there it's it's an interesting line to ride when it comes to how one is both required to act and how one actually does respond to these various scenarios when it comes to you know, and, to a horror. And movie. I would
3: say, and to that point, what what I think distinguishes horror comedies is that you feel like the filmmakers are trying to elicit those laughs, as mm-hmm. opposed to you know sort of faking somebody out so they can mount a greater scare. They're they're indulging in the audience's expectations and and uh, and sort of manipulating that that uncomfortable sort of nervousness to to create a laugh along with uh, with actual with actually being frightened. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And you you mentioned Shaun of the Dead or you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned um, Drag Me to Hell. And, you know, I think Sam Raimi is kind of a, a horror comedy all star when it comes to mastering tension and comedy. In the same film and playing off those reactions, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. You don't put a bunch of you don't put a bunch of like Three Stooges humor in an Evil Dead movie because you're thinking maybe everyone's going to take this seriously. I mean, you you have to balance that, and I think he, you know, that's a it's a is like a key example of you know going way over the top because you know it can be both you know tense but also you know humorous. Absolutely.
2: I mean, like going way back to it's probably the the granddaddy of all of them is the Abacus meet Frankenstein that even has a couple sequences of like maybe not scares but suspense like the one where uh champ is going over to lon chaney's hotel room uh larry talbot's hotel room where he's already transformed into a werewolf and is like constantly doing this bit where he's like going back and forth while the wolf man's like behind him and he doesn't even know it to get him that's that's pretty tense intense even though it's you know played for comedy you're you you do not want to see him get attacked but it's still got you know tension and suspense while also delivering like physical comedy.
4: Do you guys feel as though horror comedy has like a specific uh, percentage of horror and comedy in it to make it into the subcategory? I think that
1: very Not much depend- really, I, yeah, I think it very much depends on the filmmaker and what they're, mm-hmm. yeah, is. I think I, a lot it definitely of, depends on that. There's a lot of comedies or horror comedies that, you know, deliberately put the, you know, giant emphasis on the comedy. Some actually mm, do a right. good job of setting up a lot of good tension and their and the horror side you know eventually takes over what have you I, you know it it really depends more on the film rather than like an a required formula for how to best accomplish what you're going for um i will say though it's interesting you know to bring up kind of ratios or what have you uh and we talked about this on our well, we talked about the um the get out trailer the the upcoming jordan peel <laughs> horror movie uh, mm-hmm. Which very which to me, in the trailer alone, very clearly has a satirical bent to it and a lot of inherent humor that's gonna come out of the film. It also is racially charged, has a number of other things that make it of interest to me. But you know, looking at something like that, you can it's interesting to think about how horror and comedy are, are very similar. It's easy to see how these genres, you know, work well with each other because both require a level of like setting up a joke or setting up a scare and having a you know an eventual payoff. Um and they're that. It, it, it you know, it it can take a it can take a certain filmmaker to achieve what they're going for in this kind of sense, but you look at what's required to, you know, make something work, and both of these genres really kinda of line up with what you're trying to go for. You're trying to, you know, establish a set, you know, a, a place, a set of characters, some dialogue or what have you, and eventually and, you know, that you follow that up with something that provides some kind of jolt. And whether that's a scare or a laugh, you know, that it's it's a it's an interesting route to to kind of consider when it comes to what a desired action is to get out of a scene. Mm-hmm.
3: What you said, okay. <laughs> agreed. Yeah.
1: Jimmy, any? Uh, we haven't heard much from you yet on the on the topic. Are you, I, I I assume you're a fan of horror comedies. I mean, I do have you here. Uh, where...
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm not huge of a fan of horror comedies in the sense that I kind of prefer my horror to be horror and my comedy to be comedy but there are a ton of them that balance it well read well and some of them are my favorite movies of all time so i definitely am not anti uh, them it's just not my favorite favorite show, mm-hmm. subgenre but that some of them are my favorite movies i just you know I, it, when they do it right man it, it it's great
1: oh yeah that can come down to like a lot of genres where like you know the you may not be a fan of the entire genre but you know when they do it right it can mm-hmm. be like one of your favorite films ever i'm not necessarily huge on, I'm not necessarily huge on like musicals for instance although I've warmed up to a lot of musicals over time but like there are certain ones where I'm like this is this is how a musical's done and it's like you know they're they're great and just one to like you know, you get some that are just just stand out as being amazing I, I recently rewatched uh West Side Story with my lovely girlfriend and that's a movie where I've always loved West Side Story every time I see it, it's like this movie's fantastic between just the direction the use of the color in that movie the dance like whatnot it just it, it just completely works for me no question Sweeney yeah. Todd's another example of that, where I just I really love Sweeney Todd. It helped that it was, you know, Burton and it has a very specific aesthetic to it. But, you know, it is a musical, and I was like, I'm all aboard on this one. And Abe, then you watched those Jersey Boys. Boys. Musical. Yeah, then we watched Jersey Boys, and it sent me right back down. <laughs> oh, to God. But, uh, <laughs> Abe. Wow,
0: that was. I, I just watched that recently. That was really bad. Yeah, it, it is. Not, yeah. hey, we don't yeah. need to go
1: too off topic to talk about how bad that movie is. But anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah. Abe, yeah. I know, yeah you know we've been doing these horror episodes for a few weeks now, and you've you're not you're not a huge horror guy as far as like i don't you don't want you don't want to necessarily go to get scared for you know. yeah in general i mean i I'm not huge
4: on on jump scares and whatever else I so you' your
1: so, fun- so your picks have largely leaned on a lot more you know the lighter and humorous sides of horror films when it comes yeah, to, to yeah listen genres.
4: back to our our halloween our our october Halloween specials this year i mean yeah they're a little bit more of you know for instance like I chose Gremlins, which kind of uh, straddles the line of of a family movie, horror, and comedy. Um, But, yeah, you know, stuff like that. But in general, horror, comedy, I I tend to... uh, I agree with what uh, Todd and uh, Brennan said, which is sometimes it could be a a particularly, you know, more horror, but they have some genuine laughs in it, or sometimes it's a little bit more very humorous, and they have some genuine, like, scary moments in it. So... This is not a real mix, it's just more of hey, you know, uh, this wasn't straight horror, like they're not playing it like uh a nightmare on elm Street type thing, even though there's actually a couple of funny jokes maybe by uh Krueger himself
1: well as those as that series went on, he became one of a Canadian, even goofier. So. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that guy
4: just, he became like a stand-up comedian, but...
1: Uh, yeah, my, fa- my favorite one's the one with the cover where he's standing in front of a brick wall and there's a microphone stand in front of him. It's great. It's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, dre- that's Dream Whoa. Warriors, I believe. Right, Brandon? Is that, is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that I mean, is not like, my favorite <laughs> franchise. For, in a way, because of
3: that
4: stuff. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, uh, I mean, I agree with you guys. Some of my picks here, they're a little bit more... I mean, they are more comedic, but uh, they certainly have some true elements of, wow, that was a really done uh, – well-done horror scene, or that was a really – I didn't expect that. So, you know, uh, as it goes, I did find things that are a little bit lighter in tone, though. Uh, Nothing corny, of course, but movies that I do enjoy that have a sense of –
1: So none of the Children of the Corn movies?
4: (laughs) No, especially – what's the with Christopher Reeves where – that, that wasn't Children of the Village of the
2: Damned. That Village was a of remake. Yeah. No, Village of the Damned. Yeah. 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 No, so but in like
4: that. I yeah.
1: Know. We've um in the past in the past few episodes we tried to establish kind of a timeline for how these things have played out, but you know, looking at the history of horror comedy, there's not really like much of a a trend to how these things played out. So, I mean, Unless I, yeah. you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of like you know obviously like the fifth the, the late 40s and 50s kind of got sucked into Abbott and Costello meet various movie you know Universal movie monsters, but aside from that, there's not really much of a pattern to how these things work. Scary movie became popular eventually in the 80s. Scary
2: movie like tackles horror movies, but it's just it's I mean it's, it's essentially just a parody yeah, movie. It is, I mean it, yes, yeah, especially the
1: later
0: ones. So where, wait where wait Zucker I do have a parody can. movie I'm gonna deal with. <laughs> Okay, well, oh, we'll get there. Today, so, but I mean, I just get, a warning.
1: Just a warning. I, I noticed that, if anything, I know I noticed that you know the the '80s, especially the late '80s, because of the kind of the the rise in, in a lot of you know slasher movies and the, you know a lot of, like a lot of gory movies. There's a lot of there's a lot of movies that can be classified, excuse me, as um, horror comedy to an extent. Where mm-hmm. I think because the genre got so you know kind of wacky, it sort of became easier to straddle the line as to how, because they became essentially became self-aware, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, you think that's a good way of putting it, uh,
2: Brandon? Yeah. There's a little bit, like, the 90s, I mean, you could essentially count Scream. Yeah. That's like a horror comedy. And- yeah and i just the the people yeah they got a bit more witty more self aware
1: Yeah, that's really where we, that's really kind of where we end up now where you you will get a yeah. lot of com- horror comedies of today of like recent years where they they prey on nostalgia essentially they prey on tropes that people are familiar enough with where you where you can you know kind of call attention to these various things that happen Where you talk about something like the final girls a few weeks ago on uh, in our right. slashers right. like yeah. there's the, the 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 elements are so well known that it because it becomes an easy source for comedy as and plays off it to a degree as opposed to mm-hmm. treating it seriously
2: yeah true and i mean while we talk with comedy and, and horror they're both like two of the purest um the types of like pure cinema where uh-huh. you know that's where they they so they lend each other to that like you can i mean you basically take the three stooges and like change it to like you know, slapping each other with knives or something and it's kind of got the same effect. I mean, yeah, it just it plays
1: off raw emotion. So yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Well, with that out, we got a bunch of us here. We got a lot of movies to talk about. So let's get into it, guys. Let's get into our, our lists um for uh, the uh the 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 horror comedies that we've chosen for this episode. And um so I'll I'll start okay. We'll start with I'll start with Todd and uh, you, can, you can name your first film. I want to ask, uh, you know, what's your first film on this list, and was there a, was there a way you went about making this list of films?
3: Well, <clears throat> Wikipedia was very helpful. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. I mean,
1: it, it was in, in the sense that uh, I went through
3: and sort of, they actually have a list of, like, horror comedies, and <clears throat> some of them I, I may even disagree with as being characterized that way, but I just mm-hmm. kind of, like, it was a good way for me to sort of remind myself of, like, things that came out, because uh, a lot of the movies that I ended up, like, Recalling because, like, when you first asked me about this, I was like, Well, there's Evil Dead, two, excuse me, and then there's Shaun of the Dead and Drag Me to Hell, and like, whatever, what, like, I couldn't think of, and and it was just like, I kind of got stuck because of just actually how many there were. But my, I mean, my first is actually uh, like a very obvious one, but, uh, but it was, it was American Werewolf in London, Mm -hmm. um, which was sort of the, what I would consider like my favorite. The earliest movie released that i would that constitutes a good a really great horror comedy for me and 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 i mean it's just a brilliant movie that is in my opinion like genuinely like really scary and has got some great surreal moments, and then it also has a naked American man stole my balloons yeah <laughs> you know it's, and, and just these sort of i mean like the transformation itself is like so protracted that you go through all these sort of different moments of empathy and horror and hilarity and and just the whole movie's kind of that way where you're like this is terrible and what's happening to him and like you know he's talking to his dead friend who is decomposing progressively over the course of the movie and he's like you need to commit suicide and all those things that sound like they are wildly inappropriate for humor are actually very very fun
1: yeah we uh, we talked about this movie a couple weeks ago on the monster movies uh, episode so i don't think we have too much more to add to it because we I'll basically praise American Werewolf in London because it's yeah. terrific. Right. Uh, but I will say mm-hmm. to, to go along with the you know the horror comedy thing of this, Griffin Dunn is pretty hilarious in this movie, especially once he once he I mean he's already funny alive, but once he dies, like it really like gives him a lot to a lot to play off of how he can play around with being you know a a, a ghost zombie and uh, have these little lines to say to uh, to David as he's dealing <laughs> with you know the dilemma of being a werewolf.
4: Yeah, <laughs> so, as <laughs> he repeatedly like continuously deteriorates and. Uh, has, like, super sarcastic things to say to him.
1: Yeah. Let's go to, let's go to Brandon. Brandon, what's your uh, – how, how, talk about your list and uh, then what's your first pick?
2: Uh, my list was basically try not to pick something Abe had picked in the previous three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good strategy. <laughs> uh,
0: that is a good idea.
2: I, I kind of went with stuff that maybe um, – might not think people might not think of directly with horror comedy instantly or maybe a little bit more uh not so much like underground, but just like maybe something that didn't come right off mm-hmm. the top of your head. And uh my first pick is a recent film called The Harvesters. Um we, no, just, kidding. <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh my first pick is uh Jason Lives, Friday the thirteenth, part six. Okay. Which is arguably uh, the best in the series. <laughs> I, I like part four the best, but um, this is my second favorite. And it's it's very – it's the sixth one. It's self-aware, but with it still maintains being a slasher. But it has a fun aspect of, of having jokes and stuff in it. And, I mean, we start – it opens with a very uh, classic monster movie, you know, Resurrection of Jason in the cemetery, that leads to Jason doing, like, a James Bond gun barrel sequence, <laughs> which lets you know right away – Hey, let's have some fun, and I mean it's just got little moments in it um, that you know have like things that elicit an audience reaction, or for someone to say something. Like there's a a part where there's a close up of an American Express card floating after someone gets killed in a in a pool of water, and you know the director even said like you know I was hoping someone that you know for the people in the audience for someone to go don't leave home without it. (laughs) And there's there's a scene where Later in the movie, where Jason is, you know, attacking the camp, and this is the first and only one that has kids at the camp, actually, too. And these two kids are hiding under their bed, and the one asks the other, "Goes, so what were you going to be when you grow up?" And you know, Jason's kills have little jokes to them. You know, little pun- he doesn't talk, but his kills deliver punchlines at times
1: as well. <laughs> More like Kill Lines. I'm done. But, um,
2: yes. And, yeah, it's just, it's a really fun movie. No, Aaron. After, no. after a fifth, after five entries, I mean, it's it's a refreshing step, after, you know, to get through that. Especially if, you know, you're not a Jason fan and you're tired of them at that point. Or if you're just not into them, you should give this one a chance because it's pretty good. And, you know, the next funniest one is, you know, Jason Lives, which is, Intentional and unintentionally funny, but I, I or Jason X. Sorry, yeah, I was gonna say is <laughs> yeah. like you know but, me. Yeah. I'm,
1: a, I'm a huge fan of Jason yeah. X. <laughs> Ultra intentionally
2: funny. Yeah, so but Jason lives. is just solid. It's good slasher and good comedy to go with it without going overboard.
1: Who's the Who's the like actor that went on to be somebody in that movie? I'm trying to think if there's anywhere. well Tom Matthews is in it. and he, Tom Matthews. He's, okay. he's been in
2: mm-hmm. a. He's like an '80s like, yeah. horror guy. He was best friends yeah. with George George Clooney. It's probably his fame to fame, but now he's like a building, he's like a building contractor or he something. He was in those
1: Return of the Living Dead movies also. Yeah, right? he was in
2: Return of the Living Dead, yeah, and he did some like yeah. sort of, I think he did an action movie with, I think Charles Bronson maybe, or something like that. But...
1: Well, Tony Goldwyn was in there.
2: Yeah, to- yeah, Tony Goldwyn, that's right, he's, he was... The president.
1: <laughs> one yeah. Of, one, one of our, one of our TV presidents. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, uh, cool. Uh, Abe, what's your, uh, yeah. er, your list in your first pick?
4: And the list was, again, more more things that I just enjoyed uh, that I've seen. Um, nothing really crazy. I mean, my previous list had been a little bit more steering toward this way anyway. Uh, but the first pick is uh, Tucker and Delver's Evil. Um, That's on my and that, list. Yep. <laughs> and that For was eight. a 2010 movie with uh, Alan Tudyk and uh, Tyler Labine. Yeah. And uh, basically these two uh, folks who live in a cabin in the woods... And these teenagers that play all these tropes uh, essentially kill themselves because they think that Tucker and Dale are just uh, these these uh, I guess hillbilly Hicks that are going to kill them anyway. But it's very funny. It's it's kind of what we talked about earlier, where it's self-referential, and uh, because you had seen so many movies up to that point, um, or if you are aware of all these other movie tropes, that it just. Um, you would understand all the inside jokes, and I just, I remember watching it on an offhand way because somebody was like, hey, you should watch this movie, and I was like, this movie looks stupid, and I ended up just laughing all throughout it, and also Alan Tudyk has, is just an amazing actor. I, I didn't realize that he was, uh he can play so many roles, and this one I was like, wow, alright, I guess I'll give this Alan Tudyk guy a try.
1: Between this and his his wonderfully colorful role as racist coach in 42, um, it's, uh, you would never it's, guess. It's, it's been quite the career for Alex. His, his career is just all over the <laughs> place. I um, I yeah. I, as I said, I had this on my list um, mm-hmm. as well, and I there, few. <laughs> I, the, the the greatest image I can think of when I think of Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, which I find to be hilarious, is of Alan Tudyk who's like being swarmed by bees while holding a chainsaw and running after a person because he's trying to warn <laughs> them about the bees. <laughs> <I> mean, <it's, laughs> that, that, hmm. that was a that was a very big laugh and I was very happy to have and think about over and over after watching that movie and repeatedly watching that movie to see. But yeah, the, the way these characters end up killing themselves <laughs> in the movie yeah. as a response to trying to avoid being killed by people they presume to be killers is pretty hysterical at
4: times. I was also a big fan of the guy who just runs into a giant spike and he yeah. just keeps running to it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Alright. Uh...
0: <laughs> this is a car? Yeah. Yeah, uh... I, was, I, was like, I was just
4: muted too
1: late. <laughs> Jimmy, let's get to, let's get to your, your list in first pick.
0: Well, I think I'll start with my most obvious one is Shaun of the Dead, which is one of my all-time favorite films. I love Edgar Wright. I love what he does. I love what he takes, does to genre. I love that. I, I mean, technically, you could look at Hot, uh, you could look at the whole trilogy and think, "Well, yeah, they all have kind of horror elements or sci-fi elements." But Shaun of the Dead is a fun movie. It is incredibly well acted. Incredibly, uh, it's it's. And while I think we uh, someone, I think was you, uh, I, I forgot forgot who said it, but. It wasn't necessarily the zombies aren't necessarily scary per se. Yeah, but there's a couple of yeah, yeah. I thought, okay, but there's a couple moments where like when he's like that guy's being ripped apart, then it's like wow, that's pretty gruesome stuff. That's that's actually, and you know, what I liked about it a lot is it had a lot of heart. I mean, oh, yeah. I almost got like teary eyed with that whole thing with his mom. I'm like, mm-hmm. that. He,
1: well, he the stuff the stuff with Bill
3: Nye is absolutely like <sighs> totally. Oh um, yeah. emotionally. Which, which kinda so hits good. you which almost
1: hits you out of nowhere too. Like at the movie, Edgar Wright's good enough where he can have everything literally stop and just focus right on this key relationship between Sean and his stepfather and the mother mm-hmm. and like nail an emotional beat before getting right back into the mayhem again.
0: Yeah, it is really a smart film. It's funny. It's charming, and I and one of the best endings ever. It was great. It, it really. This is a movie, obviously, that made Edgar Wright who he is now, and and uh, like I guess you could say, kind of a fanboy hero. Uh, and there's a reason for it. It is really a perfect film, and I love Shaun of the Dead. And I'm gonna go watch it right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is – Shaun of the Dead might be on my list, like my top 20 list of films I've watched the most in my life. Is like that yeah, right? I, no. I found, it's a film that I've put on numerous times at any time of the year just because, like, I need something enjoyable to watch right now. This will do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites, and it's why I purposely excluded it from my list because I i have I've, 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 I've too much to say. Somebody
2: was going to mention series. it. Yes, right. I figured mm-hmm. it would come up. Uh, I, I remember the first time I saw it, and we, they got to the part where they got to the Winchester – and we're holding up there, and I, I like it was this, just this moment in my head, I just stopped, I'm like, this isn't just a funny comedy, this might be, this is like one of the best zombie movies, period, I've ever seen, it was really a I really agree. weird re- revelation uh-huh. yeah. that happened as I was watching, I was like, holy crap, this is like hitting me on all sorts of levels, the comedy, the action, the horror, the character development, it was just everything in one, where it's like, you know, we'll throw it in horror comedy, but... It, it like classifies like at some echelon above it all. Like it's it's crazy. Like its own. Only... Yeah.
1: It, it came out the same year as the the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake, and I, which I really like. And I was like, wow, this has been a great year for of the dead movies for me. I'm getting some great stuff to to go back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with my list, um, I essentially I try to choose similar similar to you know Brandon kind of films that are somewhat under the radar, but also ones that make me just laugh a whole lot. So I tried tried to kind of Find things that I I both appreciate for how much I get out of them as far as the humor goes, in addition to just being like good, well-made movies in general, uh, while also ones that you know that, that don't seem necessarily as obvious. I think some it, 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 these are all movies that are well recognizable anyway, but I, that was the kind of the what I was trying to go for as far as. It's so basically it's why I excluded *Shot of the Dead* and *Evil Dead 2*, which are both two of my favorite mm-hmm. films of all time. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, but um, so the first film, which is actually already mentioned and is much older, is *Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein*, which Brandon mentioned. I actually was able to recently see this film at the uh, the New Beverly, um, as a double feature of *Beetlejuice*. And my lovely girlfriend, we went and saw *Beetlejuice* and *Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein*. Don't say like, it again. You've already said it twice. I, I'm <laughs> I'm counting them. I have my I'm I holding two fingers up to to keep my uh, right. my B-word count pretty uh, pretty level here <laughs> uh, but no i've i hadn't seen it in quite some time but watching it again it's like this movie is genuinely hilarious because it's Costello. but it also like brandon you mentioned it has some actual levels of tension here especially involving lon chaney lon chaney right what is it? yep yeah uh, uh junior the, yeah junior yes thank you as the as the wolf bat, like there's some scenes where it's like it actually does play off of like I was kind of saying before of having both, you know, setting up for both punchlines and for scares where the movie's not necessarily a thrill ride, but it does like for being a movie that's about Abbott and Costello, it has more than you might expect when it comes in the way of, you know, the horror, especially involving the universal movie monsters. But regardless of any of that, it's just really well done. I mean, it has a, it has a great handle on how to utilize these characters, how to utilize Frankenstein and Dracula and, uh, and the Wolfman. Um, with, with special guest the Invisible Man, I guess, at the end, but uh ah, it, spoilers. It, sorry, yeah, uh, you but, ruined it for me. Now. Yeah, yeah, I really ruined. Really <laughs> but I mean, it, it does a it it does a great service to to being a comedy that balances with what at the time would be considered horror by having these monster movies. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's becoming before things become more overtly horrific as far as the kind of content you see in these movies. So you're working with what people best well know when it comes to horror, which is you know monster movies, and it plays around well with that. the The writing is quite sharp, um, as far as bringing these two comedic characters into this world that you know supernatural beings exist in, and it's a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable. It's you know these movies aren't very long. It's pretty brisk, Um, but it has it even has a a great kind of throwdown monster brawl at the end of it that really makes it makes me really hope that Universal today can get their shit together and make whatever they want to do with this. This you know this reassessing of the the their movie monsters and combining them into some kind of cinematic universe. If it leads to some kind of Avengers like monster mayhem movie, I can hope it can only be somewhat as good as Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein.
2: Yeah, who everybody's wondering like who's gonna play Dracula? Who's gonna play the Bride of, of Frankenstein? I wonder who's gonna who's gonna be the reboot Abbott and Costello? That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Any
1: luck? It's uh, Edgar Wright, or uh, Sean, uh, Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
2: there you go.
3: Or Seth Rogen and James Franco.
1: More likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if if we get J- if we get Seth Rogen and James Franco in a movie where presumably what Angelina Jolie, Rupert is bride, and what yep. Johnny Depp in there, and and apparently The Rock for something <laughs> Javier, Javier Bardem. That's what hell of a movie I want to see. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that actually happens in some universe. So whatever. But uh, getting back to Todd now, Todd, what's your second pick on the list
3: here? Uh, my second pick is uh, "What We Do in the Shadows."
1: Uh-huh. Ah, hey, hey. That was and, on my list.
3: Uh, I actually didn't see this until very recently. I was actually traveling and I and I watched it on a plane because I was going to go and interview Taika Waititi, and uh, and I was like, I heard nothing but good things about it, and you know basically from the first scene where the two guys flare up hissing at each other and then yet, and then just (laughs) settle back down at their seats at the table where they are, what they're doing is arguing over who needs to do dishes, uh, in the house of vampires was to me like the thing that absolutely hooked me. And I, you know, I think it's like a really, it's, it's like a really remarkable movie in, uh, that it is, Mostly a comedy. I mean, it certainly traffics and, and exploits sort of the conventions of uh, certainly vampirism, but also horror. But um, but the way that it handles all of these different elements and sort of again not, un, not unlike uh, Shaun of the Dead, but in a, in a different kind of way, sort of the mundaneness of relationships in that context uh, to me is is just brilliant. And you know, I mean, it's it's a hysterically funny movie, and it also manages to be like kind of sweet and uh, and you know, and it's got a few good. Like genuinely good scares.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's a great like tracking shot that follows one of the car- one of the eventual victims who I believe becomes a vampire in the- one of the roommates. Where like it really it follows them like around the house and all these crazy things start popping out of the the walls. And there's some clever editing with having one of them in like his backpack at a point I believe. Like there's, <laughs> there's like Waititi and Clement. They both did- they co-directed, co-directed the film together. Co-directed uh, and like- co-wrote. Co- it has some a lot of really creative stuff. And I- what I and I also like is that it has a an admiration for like every different type of vampire where you have yeah. like a Nosferatu type, you have a count Dracula type, you have a kind of a, a posh type and you have modern vampire. Like it, yeah. it really, go- it really traffics in like vampire history to like a great degree in addition Absolutely. to just being hilarious. <laughs> it's super hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I
4: agree with Todd on the, on the way that they capture the mundane of things. Like you mentioned the dishes thing, but also just like going to a, a ball and just deciding on who they're going to take and, what they can't do there. But there's also some really nice, you know, heart-tender moments. Like, uh, when, their, when their buddy gets <laughs> bitten, they're like, no, we didn't want you to get bitten kind of thing. And then also, when uh Taika Waititi's character goes, and he just constantly goes and visits this girlfriend of his that's, like, supposedly, you know, the one that got away. And, and then things ultimately end up, you know, I guess, the way that he wants it to. But, um, you know, there's some a lot of really clever writing in it. So it was also...
1: I, I love the, the. A lot of blood, too. I talked about the, the Nosferatu type character named Peter, yeah. of course. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> um, and what, what the one of the like what was like set me up for this movie What not beyond just like his introduction which is he's like in a stu- like a cement coffin underneath you know in the basement, he's in they the basement. Open it. Yeah. It just kind of like roars all of a sudden but like, there's a scene which you're kind of alluding to where they eventually it leads to them kind of hissing at each other over who's doing the dishes but they're setting up for like a house meeting and one of them asks like where's peter and what character is like at response is like peter's been alive for seven thousand years i don't think he needs to come up to a house meeting right like it's just some, some wry humor in there that just Really, just sets you off of like how, how kind of how la- how low key the kind of the the jokes are as yeah. like what they're saying to each other, which just am- is amplified because of the nature of the movie. That they're
3: in. Sure, sure. It, it it sort of it's an offset of the the sort of pettiness and the sort of minutia of daily interaction. I mean, you know, and at the same time, sort of the the, the mythology of vampires. It's it's a it's a really sharp uh, sharp blend of those mm-hmm. two things.
2: Brandon, what's your next pick? My next pick is Bill Murray's favorite movie of 1990, Frankenhooker, the Frank Hennenlotter film, which Ooh. is just a whole lot of, like, <clears throat> little film that's a take on the Frankenstein, uh, interesting take on the Frankenstein story, but it, it's just a bit zany, but it, it features two really good performances, from, from one from James Lorenz and Patty Mullen, who was a Playboy model at the time. You wouldn't expect, but she goes all in, and it's, she's quite humorous and charming as the Frankenhooker character and there there's a scene in the movie that features a dozen exploding hookers which it's just amazing and something you, you have to behold but it, it's just it's kind of a, it's a movie you're not going to get anymore it's about trashy new york and it's just a silly little comedy i've always really had an appreciation for and it's just straight up poorer humor
1: all right, Abe. What's your uh, what's your next pick? Next pick
4: here is uh, this underseen movie called Odd Thomas from twenty
1: thirteen. Odd Thomas, sorry. Yeah,
4: and it was. I think that it was first mentioned by a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson, and um, he mentioned it was on Netflix streaming, and I checked it out, and I really enjoyed it. It was from. A, it's adapted from a movie, or I'm sorry, a book from Gene Koontz uh, of the same name, and it's this guy who basically. It's almost like uh, what's that movie with Michael J. Fox?
1: Don't worry about it right now. Just keep
4: going. Yeah. In any case, uh, it's it's almost like where he can see creatures, and then he goes about killing these creatures. But there's a mixture of kind of uh, silliness to it. But at the same time, there's also this mixture of kind of sad elements. There's there's thematic things that happen in his life, which kind of
1: caught me by surprise. But
4: all in all, it's a it's a good rental. I would this, definitely this, recommend this it. The guy
1: you're referring to, by the way, is the late Anton Yelchin. Yes,
4: R.I.P. <laughs> R. Yeah, the late Anton Yelchin. You know, I think he was like seventeen or eighteen when he made this movie, maybe twenty.
1: He was older, but yeah, he's. Yeah. <laughs> but
4: yes, he. In any case, uh, like, Undersea movie. It,
1: it is, it, yeah, it is like a. It, it it's fun. Abe, you mentioned you'd say on Thomas said, yeah, it's a. Uh, I I like the film as well, uh, but I you know heard about it the same way where Scott mentioned it a bunch on the show and we eventually checked it out, and uh, yeah, it's you know it's one that I I didn't think of actually as horror comedy. I guess you know it. it it is to the degree that like the tone of that movie, I guess, fits a, a sort of like because they live in like a small town type thing, so everyone kind of knows each other. Right. And the kind of the the way everyone addresses things and the you know the way Yelchin's dialogue and with his with his girlfriend and some of the people in the like it it's it's fun. Like there's a fun sense of of how things play out, which kind of lends it to being more humorous than the story might suggest. I guess.
4: Yeah, I mean, despite the fact that the opening scene is like him biking and then there's a girl that he's talking to and then you find out that she's dead.
1: Because he sees dead people. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. All right. Jimmy, what's your what's your next pick?
0: Uh, you know, what? I'm going to go old school with this one. Well, not too old school. I'm going to go back to 1972's Bob Clark's Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, which is basically Night of the Living Dead, except really campy, really over... I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd call this a good movie. It's one that I absolutely adore, though. Because it actually scared me as a kid. It's about a group of actors who go to some weird, weird island. And they re- quote-unquote try and resuscitate the dead through a satanic ritual. And that happens. And, you know, they do rise. and it. it the weird thing is, it's such a bizarre movie. And, and, and it's so cheap. But there's something kind of fascinating about it. It's, it and it has actual moments that are legit kind of creepy. And the the characters are just... Kind of assholes, to be honest. Every one of them. But I find it immensely entertaining, and I, I like it. I, I guess I kind of like it because it's the early 70s, where I think zombie movies are starting to get pretty um creative. And it, I actually really, really dig this film. Again, not a great movie, but it's one that I find pretty fascinating and if you're interested in zombie movies and you haven't seen this one, it's fun to see where it fits in with Night of the Living Dead and, and uh, Day of, Dawn of the Dead. It's a, it's a fun fun flick. Very cheap and hard to find, I think.
1: All right. I'm going to write one? that one down. What's the, What's call it called? It's a long title. again. Say it again so people can...
2: Children shouldn't play with dead things. Children shouldn't play with dead things.
1: <laughs> okay. uh, my next pick, uh, we're going to have to go downtown because I'm talking The Little Shop of Horrors. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the... Um, the 1986 version, the the Frank Oz uh, take on the film. We, you know, we talked about musicals a little bit ago. Or, you know, my varying fondness for certain musicals. This is one that I definitely really enjoy. Um, it has a terrific cast uh, with uh, Rick Moranis leading the way, um, and some of the some of the best stuff you can see in small portions from Steve Martin and Bill Murray um and the this is almost the epitome when it comes to horror comedy because it's you know it's a it's a broadway musical essentially that happens to involve a a a man-eating plant creature and (laughs) the, the the songs are great the effects work is fantastic which should be no surprise when you have frank oz directing a movie like this and it has this really Kind of sinister tone to it as far as the way things play out, especially if you see the original ending of this movie. There was a recent release of a Blu ray for a Little Shop of Horrors that includes a completely restored version of the original ending where basically uh, Audrey 2 wins, essentially, and uh, takes over the planet. And it's <laughs> it becomes a quite the scene to watch uh, watching that original ending. But even before, regardless of that, regardless of how dark it could have gone if it went with that original ending, the movie itself. It's just really entertaining. Uh, it is very funny. As I said, the songs are quite good. I mean, they're the, the, the songs are based on songs by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, uh, who've done a number of uh, great things in the world of musicals. Uh, but the, the film itself, it, it makes great use of the premise it has to create something that's very very memorable in its own way. Little Shop of Horse. That was my, that was my pick. Let's get back to Todd now. Todd, what's your, what's your next pick? Uh,
3: my next pick uh, is Baghead. It's, no. uh, Duke, it's a dupe it's a Duplass brothers movie um and um it and it's a very sort of unexpected it was it was something that was really unexpected to me because it starts off in this very unconventional way at least for what you would think of as a horror movie where it's basically like two guys who are they just created a film and after they finished the film they decide to go with these two girls up to this cabin in the woods and then it sort of Acquiesces a little bit to some of the conventions of horror, but basically it's like you know a uh, a mumblecore sort of comedy that also starts filtering in these like horror elements, and so you spend a big portion of the movie trying to figure out if it's actually anything's going on or if it's actually a horror movie or what's what happens. And I won't spoil it for people who haven't seen it, which is not too many. Uh, but, um, but I always thought it was, it it was, it's a movie I actually haven't seen in several years, but it was one that I really enjoyed. And I remember like, I was kind of like, all right, these guys really have something. I mean, you know, I, I was sort of, I think even at the time kind of, of, of mixed opinion about like mumblecore and sort of that whole sort of movement. Um, but I thought they handled it really well in terms of it being really sharp and well written and the characters were really, um, creatively, engineered and everything sort of drives in, a, in an interesting way that doesn't seem, you know, sort of aimless in the way that you maybe maybe your your tendency would be to expect for 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 a movie of that from that sort of era. I uh
1: I've seen Bag, uh, Baghead and um I I'm still kind of hit or miss on on mumblecore films in general. This is one that I kind of liked. I I enjoyed for the like for the most part. I think it has some a neat take on how to do this kind of movie, and, uh, it, it even has some genuine suspense at certain points. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. And I, and I, and I do like Steve Zisses, uh, who is, um, I mean, he's been a, like, he's a Duplass regular, and he was on their, uh, their HBO series, uh, Togetherness, uh, which I thought was quite good. Um uh, but he, and he, he's kind of like, uh, he's like, a, he's the, him and what, Greta Gerwig are like the central characters, and that, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like a cast of four people, so it's not really, like, it's a huge cast. But, mm. I, I really like how that kind of relationship plays out in the in the movie.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's I mean it's really more of like sort of a fun movie that than you know it's like don't go look don't go watching it expecting it to be a, a, a an especially frightening film, but it has uh-huh. some some sharp little moments I guess, of both of of observational comedy and also and also some some genuine suspense.
1: Has uh, has anyone seen Creep?
3: Yes.
4: Yeah, I love that movie. That was that mentioned is- last week. Yeah, we mentioned yeah. it last week, and I yeah, and we yeah, did.
1: I saw it's on it's on Netflix, so I added it to my queue because I I like that Mark Duplass, so I, I, was, I was yeah, curious. it's a
0: good movie. It's it's actually moves really quickly too, and it's that would have been my like if I had done the show last, that would have been one of my found footage picks actually. All right, really good
1: flick. Brandon, what's your what's your next book?
2: Uh My next my next one is a movie that didn't intend to be horror comedy, but <laughs> pretty cool. It's um uh Silent Night Deadly Night 2 <laughs> which wasn't even intended to be a full on movie um it was they came up with it during uh they were uh, they were re-editing the film for television distribution and possibly another theatrical re-release um started shooting some sort of uh, like wrap around story to fill for time where the content was edited and ended up making a movie out of it which it includes a lot of footage from the first movie. It's basically you get a greatest hits of the first movie because it's like forty minutes of this movie is the first movie uh, mixed with a like so bad it's good you know comedy <laughs> that also features one of the best like just out there performances from Eric Freeman who acted again for another couple years and like disappeared only to I think he's sort of resurfaced recently. But uh, it, it it recently in the past couple of years became like meme famous with uh, Garbage Day is uh, from this movie where he shoots a guy taking out the trash <laughs> and says Garbage <laughs> Day and people people love it. Um, it's just a it's a he's a wild just crazy performance from Eric Freeman. It's got a lot of uh, like laugh a minute moments that weren't meant to be silly but i mean i've i've had i've shown this to groups and it like kills every time this movie literally um, literally <laughs> mm. i mean you, you get people around have a like you know have some beers with it and people it's it's a funny movie and you get the, the best of the first one too while you're at it so um it's it's definitely in there with the the all-time midnight movie kind of greats of unintentional comedy all right uh, abe what's your next uh pick Next one is uh,
4: another Anton Yelchin pick, uh, last one, uh, from 2011, Sprite Night. And I like this movie because I, I I guess that I was expecting it to be just a little bit more straight-laced comedy, or and or just a regular movie with dark elements. And surprisingly, there's a lot of good kills in this movie. I also like the the rules that they set up. I mean, it's kind of just Buffy the Vampire Slayer rules of, hey, if, we, if I don't invite a vampire into my house, they can't come in. But... Um,
1: That's a general vampire rule, it's not just Buffy the Vampire. In general, yeah,
4: but I think the first time I I saw and heard of it was Buffy the Vampire where it's like, they're knocking on the window and she just doesn't notice or let (coughs) it in. And and it was repeated in The Simpsons later. Uh, But In any case, uh, yeah, I I actually do enjoy the way that they shot the movie. It was a little bit darker than than, uh, what I was expecting and also, I really liked Colin Farrell in this movie. I think that he had been coming off of some hit or misses and uh doing some smaller movies and then this one comes in and comes in and plays like the suave next door neighbor vampire with like a secret secret basement to hold a lot of uh people so he can drain them whenever he needs to and kinda just goes around terrorizing this town with Anton Yeltsin playing the next door neighbor who doesn't want his mom to be eaten alive so they takes matters in his own hands with the help of uh David something. Tenet. One of the Doctor Who's Dav- David Dav- Yeah. yeah. So ultimately, it's a it's a nice, fun movie uh, with some kind of more bloodshed than I thought there was going to be.
3: Mm. I could not I could not disagree more more actively. We're going to have to fight to on this one, Todd, because you like the original. I don't, I don't think we are. I'm just going to give it to you because it's because <laughs> that means I never have to watch it again because I thought it was terrible. Are Although two- so I am you- seeing I'm seeing a an Anton Yelchin trend emerging from your list. So
4: that's the last one, promise. Are you
3: are you a big fan of the original, Todd? Uh you know, I mean not I'm not not necessarily. I mean I like it, but uh but it was not some it wasn't a film that in the eighties was meaningful to me or, or or gained meaning. It was it's just I thought the second one, I think it's badly directed. I think the three D is disastrously terrible. Um I think it's I mean I like I find it to be like kind of a really joyless, like sort of lunk headed uh movie For for particularly for a remake. It just was one of those things where I'm like, this just it just looks and feels unpleasant to experience.
1: I'm more with Abe. I, I actually I did enjoy the, the, the Fright Night remake quite a bit. I like both films. Um but I have revisited it and as I continue to enjoy a lot of what they're trying to do with a kind of an update on it. Uh, I could agree with the 3D. is like, all right, there's 3D in this movie. That's something. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, again, I, I you
4: know, with Todd, I, I definitely agree that some of the shots are... It doesn't feel as fun as it could be. Uh, and some of the 3D, or I'm sorry, uh, some of the visual effects now, they just they don't look great at all. I remember we just watching some clips before this episode, uh, tonight's episode, and I was just like, yeah, that doesn't look great, but... On the whole, I, I think I enjoyed the uh, the acting from uh, Colin and uh, Anton. I
1: was sure. so surprised this was of the vampire films that came out during a time when vampire films t- t- were you know more popular. That this is the one that bombed. It's like, all right, that that happens.
2: <laughs> it had brand recognition too. It was really weird.
1: Yeah, right. Jimmy, what's your next pick?
0: 1988 Waxwork. I love uh-huh. this film. It's, yeah, it's a great cast. You have Zach Galligan, you have Deborah Foreman, who is pretty much, in my opinion, one of the best scream queens, even though she didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Michelle Johnson, Dana Ashbrook, uh, you have David Warner, Patrick McNee, Miles O'Keefe, John Rhys-Davies. It's about a bunch of kids that go into this really strange wax museum, and they every time they step into one of these creepy little uh, wax figure replicas, they are in that world. And it's a great way to kind of play with the Phantom of the Opera, the zombie genre. It's so much fun. Directed by Anthony Hickok. Hickcock, I think. As I was Hickok's. Uh, Hickok's, yeah, sorry. At, directed by Anthony Hickok's. It's a great film. It's a lot of fun. I, I didn't love the sequel as much. They did make a sequel to it, but... Uh, this is one of those movies. that's just a joy to watch. It's just entertaining, and it, I think it holds up pretty well today. Even they're just they're releasing it on Blu-ray too, so I'm I'm excited I, to uh, revisit again.
2: I just posted my review this past weekend.
0: Oh, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't got my copy yet. I, I'm I'm waiting. I can't wait. How? What did you give it? Did you like it?
2: I like the first one. The first one's very good. I like. I think Hitchcock's wanted to make like monster movies. And he found a great conceit to pay tribute to classic ones, do his own thing with them, and put a lot of them in one movie. And yeah. it's, it's really fun. Uh, it's kind of funny to watch uh, Zach Galligan try try to pull off some like bad boy, which he does not, but it, it <laughs> adds adds a little bit of humor. And the second one's just like, there's it's just like B-sides, you know, kind of, from the first mm-hmm. one, yeah. with like, very very thin narrative to string it along and it kind of suffers in the middle and hangs around on like some of the wrong scenarios, but the end has this sword fight that goes through like Dawn of the Dead and like some other, um, different, different scenarios. It's really, it's really fun. It finishes really strong, um, has some fun scenarios, like an alien one. It goes a little more modern with it, but, um, ultimately, yeah, it's kind of like tires out and it, it doesn't work as a double feature. I'll tell you that to to watch them back mm. to back. But if you watch the second one like distant from the first one, it works a little better. But it, yeah, it's nice. just it's just extra.
1: You know, looking at what I feel like I seen waxwork oh, like a long time ago. Looking at the 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 poster right now, I'm getting some weird deja vu. It's it's something that it was like probably
2: it was had at every video out. store. Every video yeah. store had it in this, the horror looks, section. Seeing some of
1: these these images looks really familiar to me. So. It's
0: a lot of fun. It's got because they really they really have a lot of fun with the the period settings and there's a really cool werewolf thing. The uh, the thing with uh, Deborah Foreman. God, I can't say enough good things about her. Uh, I I love that. God, it was a what Marquis de Sade type thing. I, it's yeah. a lot of fun, really fun.
1: All right, <laughs> uh, my next pick. Um, I ha- have a bit of a double, um, and I'm gonna say I get it. I'm gonna mention it. The first one, I'm gonna but I'm gonna go more into it on next week's show. Um, but it is a uh, Peter Jackson double feature here. We have Dead Alive or Brain Dead, depending on your country, and uh, the Frighteners. Um. Mm-hmm. So I I will I will That's table the movie I was talking about earlier. Yes, I know. <laughs> I will I will table Dead Alive for now because I I'm I'd be happy to talk plenty about why I love Dead Alive and think it's a fantastic romantic comedy as well as a fantastic zombie movie as well as a fantastic horror comedy. Um. But I will go into the frighteners for now. Um. Because I I am happy to represent the frighteners whenever I can. I it it did not do well upon its initial release. It got okay reviews, but it since developed somewhat more of a cult following. This is the basically Michael J. Fox Ghostbuster movie where he plays a person that can see ghosts and turns that into a bit of a con business. And I think this is a kind of a terrific mashup of a lot of things that Peter Jackson kind of used to do before he got all epic with his movies. Um, it, it is this kind of blockbustery movie that combines a lot of his his horror sensibilities into what I think is just this really fun, fun house, hor- uh, like horror comedy flick. I think that's it's wonderful. Fox. I think Michael J. Fox is pretty terrific here. I think he has a, he's both, he gets to be kind of a Michael J. Fox character as well as have a pretty dramatic arc as far as why he is the way he is. Um, it has a number of you know zany background characters essentially that are played by the different ghosts or whatnot. Where you have people like uh, Shay Chai McBride on one side, where you have like the the most threatening Jake Busey you'll ever see on the other side, and it uh, it I mean, pla- it's pretty threatening in identity. It's not that threatening identity. No, he, he so he's
2: thr- the hitcher too, man.
1: That's hitcher <laughs> <laughs> He was channeling Gary in that one. Um but no, I think the the frighten the frighteners I think it I, the effects stand up pretty well. Um uh, particularly the Reaper effect. There's this like mm-hmm. the, the kind of the main murderer in this movie is this ghost figure that looks like a Grim Reaper type where it has the kind of the cloak and the the sickle uh sickle? Uh, uh yes. Scythe. Yeah Scythe sickle scythe Yeah, okay. Scythe. Um, yes and it it there's some really like cool if i remember even just the poster was cool i remember the poster of this movie was like this great 3d poster and a movie it's The theater. Lenticular. Remember, yeah, it yeah. A lenticular. yeah was a particular poster yeah. i used to have it it, it was it was fantastic i always loved seeing this thing whenever i went to theaters back in like 90 96 when you know when the movie was coming out yeah. um but i The the I find it to be so entertaining watching the Frighteners. I think it it, uh it has a lot to offer um as far as being a, a kind of an original creation that blends a lot of ideas together to make this fun, like, Ghostbuster type movie. Um, there's some great action in it. Actually, there's there's a great shot of where, like, Michael J. Fox, like, backs his way into, like, a, a hole in the in the ground in an abandoned hospital. And he, like, falls through, like, three floors and, like, lands, lands on a gurney. Like, it's just a there's just some really just crazy stuff in this movie that I, I think is uh, should be seen by more people. There's yeah. <laughs> the frighteners. There's a big if you can get you on
4: Laserdisc. That'd be great. because I think that's how
1: I saw it. Well the like they put it out on Blu-ray that has like all these like it has I mean it's it's a Peter Jackson movie so that you you basically can learn everything Those you extras. ever needed to know about about the franchise yep. because he has like extensive behind the scenes stuff multiple commentaries and everything so.
3: which is something he was doing you know when the first DVD of that movie came out it was a flip yeah. disc and uh because I remember covering it and and he essentially you know just started doing all the supplemental material that would come to be you know, commonplace on, on, on DVDs even before it was even possible to do that. Um, but the movie itself is, I mean, I think it's like, I think it's fantastic, notwithstanding the opening scene, which is like a total cheat.
1: It is because uh, it makes basically no sense <laughs> in regards to the yeah, rest of the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: but, uh, but, you know, I think that it really, it really combines things in such a beautiful way where there is like a real sort of, uh, sympathetic, Story character um, that I think that it the way that it merges that with like a new sort of romance and then also some like some really compelling horror stuff and then you also have like these amazing jokes I like it when they lay still like that is probably my favorite um, <laughs> of the the judge I mean just basically anything that he does is is fantastic um, mm. but it's it's an amazing movie
1: just how like Sam Raimi went back like after making the Spider mans so he went and made Drag Me to Hell to kind of Basically, regardless of how well he's done since then, you know, kind of recharge the engines. I'd love to see Peter Jackson, like, go back, you know, after making all, you know, going back into the Tolkien world. I'd love to see him make something like this again that just, like, gets him, get get something, like, kind of down and dirty that he can make and, like, get out of his system. Be like, yeah, I can still make these, like, crazy fun movies and then go back to doing whatever the hell else he wants to do again.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Although, if he makes Tintin, I will be happy also. So, you know, either way. I would love that. I think he's due for it, right? He's well. It'll it'll happen at some point. That's what he I hope so, saying, assuring, assuring us, and yeah, specifically me, because I go to his house <laughs> and I tell him, "Make Tintin." So. <laughs> All right, uh, Todd. What's your next? Uh, what's your next pick on the list? Uh,
3: my next pick is Hell Baby, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> which is you know uh, another movie like sort of like Baghead that I was not. It kind of came out of nowhere for me and caught me off guard. But uh, but Thomas Lennon and uh, and, and Ben Garant uh you know they I think they both directed it and wrote oh, yeah, yeah, it, but yeah, yeah but uh, but it's you know it's uh this great little movie that's got all that's got this incredible cast, um all of whose names I've completely forgotten right now, Leslie Bibbs in it.
1: Um, Paul Scheer, Rob Hubel, Michael Ian Black, Kumail Nanjani, like Keegan-Michael Keegan, like a ton of people in this movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but, you know, basically the, the premise is you have a guy and, and his wife move into a basically a creepy house in New Orleans and um, and his wife is pregnant and a bunch of really weird things start happening. And a lot of that stuff is like totally ridiculous uh and 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 in a in the best way i mean they have a whole thing about po boys that yes boys. is astonishingly <laughs> nonsensical and yet brilliant like you just start watching it and you're like they're eating po boys they're still eating po boys it's been like five minutes and they're eating po boys but you know there's but there's uh you learn how to make a pizza salad that's another thing in it. it's it got keegan michael key uh but you know it's it's such a nutty movie um and <clears throat> what i've sort of very specifically remember, I was actually able to cover that movie when it came out. I remember talking to those guys and they were like, oh yeah, you know, funnily enough, we were both, like both of our wives were pregnant with our kids when we were sort of coming up with this idea. And I was like, well, do you, you know, it's, it's no surprise that, uh, that a lot of filmmakers exercise their own concerns about, uh, about the world and about their lives through their films. And they were like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but that's actually pretty like i i don't know if they were just ribbing me or paying me a, a compliment but they were sort of like oh yeah i suppose maybe we were trying to work out our own fears about becoming parents when we made this movie about a the child of satan being born to our to the, to the wife on on screen and it's um you know it's it's a it's a really nutty silly movie so it's not something where you're like that It doesn't have the, the cohesion of something like Shaun of the Dead, but um, but it's uh, a, a, it's like a, a nice little gem, a fun, weird little movie that I definitely recommend people check
1: out. The Poe Boy thing made me laugh a- a plenty Five during minutes. this thing. Well, it's a it, long time. It, well, there's like a, there's like an extended po' boy scene, and then there's even a part where like it goes out to a different scene, and then like because it's like Paul Shear and Rob people, they're like cops, and, and they and they're like let's go get another po' boy, and they go back to like the same restaurant and do another like, round of po' boys. It's the kind of like I I think it's okay overall. I think it's the kind of movie where there's a lot of like let's improv our way through a bunch of scenes and see what happens, and it, and it it works occasionally pretty well. Sometimes it goes on a little long, but for the most part, yeah, it is a that's a. That's a fun it's a it's a fun watch for like a first time for sure. Yeah, I mean
3: I don't I don't think and I would it's not a movie that I would say is a, a, a masterpiece or anything and I pick it primarily because I was trying to sort of avoid going for some of the more obvious ones, but uh, uh, but but I it's a movie that I liked and I and, and if we're you know trying to recommend movies for people to, to seek out that are, you know, slightly left to center, that certainly is left to center.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh who's the, uh Brandon what's your next pick? um uh, my next pick is the editor It's from uh 2014 uh by a group called uh production company called Astron Six, which uh they made the more high profile uh, Manborg. manborg. you remember that little craze that went on no. <laughs> uh, uh, but this is their follow-up to that but what, what the the editor is it's a like a little like parody film of like the giallo films of the seventies and eighties. And the the funny thing about this one is it's funny, but it's also like a straight Jello itself. Like, it, I mean, it, it it in pointing out how ridiculous a lot of the the tropes are of that genre, it it's actually not as far off from them. I mean, it's it's close in time with them. So you're laughing, but you're also like, oh, this is you know solid Jello stuff, and it pays homage to other like Italian horror movies. Like, there's some like beyond references in there and stuff, but it, it's a silly little movie. I see um, it has
1: Udo Kier, so I'm automatically
2: interested. <laughs> yes, it does have Udo Kier. I think that's their big like get for the movie. Um, Any movie it, that has Udo Kier is their big get for their, <laughs> that movie. Right. That's what I say. One of the funny things that you, you might blink and no, not notice it is um, it's directed by Adam Brooks and he did like a ton of other things in the movie, but he also stars as the the lead uh who's the editor of this movie named Ray Cisco and in the credits for the movie it's edited by Ray Cisco so that's <laughs> kind of a nice little nod but um yeah it's 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 a it's i it had awesome posters when it came out i'll tell you what like yeah, there's like yeah the posters are five cool. five different posters that are all like oh wow this is really cool but uh yeah it's it's just it's a nice little like silly send up of the giallo genre while also being a decent little entry itself like we were talking about like Shaun of the Dead kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's not as funny as Shaun of the Dead at all. Or it's great a film, but it's uh it's a solid one if you're if you're into Jalo movies at all or if where you just
1: that, where 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 could one find that movie?
2: Uh Scream Factory put it out on Blu-ray. Um oh, did you review it? Okay. No, they didn't send me that one. I bought it, but they didn't send it uh send it to me, but um I'm not sure if it's uh on streaming anywhere at all, but um yeah, it's let me see here, is it? On? All right,
1: well, have, haven't heard of it, but I'm, I'm interested. It's, it's,
2: Welcome. it's not on. It's on Netflix for DVD. That's. You ah. still get them shipped to you from there, but uh, yeah, no
1: one does that anymore. <laughs> That's 2016. <what's> uh, <laughs> okay, Abe, what's your, what's your next pick?
4: This one's a little bit of a toss-up, but Uh-oh. I enjoyed watching these movies because it was a summer where my cousins stayed with us, and they're really into horror, so. We watched these horror movies, and they're ridiculous horror movies. I mean, it's almost like the level of they're so bad that they're good kind of thing. Where
1: where is this going? And
4: it's uh, Leprechaun
1: leprechaun 4 in Space. (laughs) Just Leprechaun in Space.
4: Leprechaun (laughs) in Space. It's the first of the series. I never watched any of the Leprechauns before it, and this is the first one I watched, and I was like, well, I'm familiar with the concept because we were talking about (laughs) it. Uh, on the yard.
2: I know leprechauns. <laughs> yeah, I know the ones that leave uh, heard of these. underneath your uh,
4: your your bed. I don't know where they leave them. I
2: just had a bowl of lucky charms this morning. I'm good. <laughs> I got this.
4: But it was um, it I was ridiculous, Friends. and I was probably like 12 when I watched this, and it was so lame. We like we kind of lost interest midway through. The other one that's also bad, and this is why they're together, is um, Tales from the Hood. And
2: no, tell so, You couldn't have thrown Leprechaun in the hood there? No, too? I didn't watch that
4: one. See, if I'd watched it, it'd be a nice back-back picture. Oh,
0: back no, not so, Leprechaun in the hood. You gotta go loud. Back, to single, yeah. back to <laughs> the hood. sequel,
2: Leprechaun <laughs> back to
4: the hood. But tells them the hood, there's a lot of vignette stories. It's kind of like this VHS-style thing where, where they just tell a lot of uh, spooky stories. The best story, the one that I remember the most, is the, is the one with Corbin Benson, where he's like this racist southern senator and essentially this mural of uh of uh, folks with little tiny folks they come alive and they just basically kill him overall. not a very good movie, but I enjoyed it for for what it was uh back when I was you know twelve thirteen and again bad movies though, but they do make me laugh
1: like I laugh but the, uh, the the, the Dave, i can't remember tales from the hood that well, but I recall um the the David al Greer one I remember being some somewhat effective.
4: Somewhat effective, yeah, yeah and then the other, the other thing that was the the wraparound story is like this guy who runs the guy is I think Clarence Williams, and he uh, he runs like this uh, funeral parlor, and yeah. so he kind to like, stuff his like nephew into one of them, so he's too tall, so he cuts his ankles, and then at the end he gets justice his come up and says that his nephew comes down the stairs and kicks him with his feet that are detached from his body, and it's it's uh, it's kind of laughable when I think about it now,
1: anyhow, yeah, tell some the tells- Tales—that's the most anyone's talked about. Tales from the Hood in like <laughs> seventeen years. So good on you for that. David
4: Allen probably talks about it at, a, at his dinner parties.
1: No, David Allen grew talks about the things that he acts really well in. Since he's a good actor that <laughs> got strapped to comedies. Yeah, he's actor. a classically trained he's actor from <laughs> Yale, I think.
4: Yes. <laughs>
0: so I, you know, I, I love the slasher films, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up another stupid one because I love student bodies, oh, horsehead yeah. bookends. Yeah, yeah man they had uh i'm trying to think of the guy's name they had uh the kill the they it's the most bizarre movie and i think it did what scary movie did way better oh yeah way better because it was cheap it was dirty and and my favorite like I, i love the fact that they kind of play with the fact that there's really no reason for it to be a r rating until halfway through, they have some guy come and announce that it's not in our rating, so he tells the uh, you know tells the audience to go F themselves. It's freaking brilliant. It's cheesy as hell, but I really love this movie. You guys have seen this?
2: I have, yeah.
4: I haven't, yeah, but I've heard of it.
2: I left it Dude, off my list because I knew you were going to mention it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, there's horse head
0: bookends. There's eggplants. I mean, obvious murders. You know, you you clearly would use an eggplant to murder somebody. It's just funny. I mean, if you're if you if you want to sit and watch something that's really really just stupid and and you'll laugh at, this is a perfect movie for that.
2: Well, I love the opening where they like subtitle like you know Halloween. Or they keep doing different holidays, and they put like Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday.
0: Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, and I like the I like that they kind of, they they really play laid on thick. Like oh the virgin, oh the slut, oh the g-. and the killer is hilarious because he's just goes
5: <hazards> up oh, the stairs. Oh,
0: I can't get up the stairs. That's funny. Very funny stuff. Really silly, but a lot of fun. Check it out. Right. Yep.
1: My uh, my next pick is James Gunn's Slither. Uh, the <laughs> what is it? That? What year's Slither? I think it's like 2005. Oh, it came out. In two, I
2: I saw it in two thousand five without the yeah. effects finished.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. That that'd be interesting. that's a movie I did the set as
2: well. Me and uh, Scott Mendelson went there. I went and saw it with. Um, yeah, it was like some. I mean it had most of them finished but there were some still some wires and stuff.
1: Slither <laughs> Sl- Slither is 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 way more dark than I initially expected it to be when I when I came in and saw it. It was advertised a very particular way. Um and while they there is a lot of hu- a lot of humor in there the film itself is there there's a good amount of horror that comes with thinking about the what's really going on in this town where Lots of people are just basically invaded by space bugs and uh, basically die eventually. Um, Nathan Fillion stars in this movie, who's kind of the perfect uh, kind of everyman type hero that gets to play with, you know, Kurt Russell types of charm. Um, You have Elizabeth Banks as basically his romantic lead, who he's who's unfortunately married to uh, the evil Michael Rooker character, who is horrible before he gets implanted with a brain bug thing, but becomes...
2: He's great Uh, in that movie too. He
1: becomes a a, yeah. He's as good as like Vincent D'Onofrio in like the First Men in Black movie, as far as being inhabited by another creature and like dealing with how that works in a Mm -hmm. world. And it's 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 hysterical and kind of sad to watch. Like there's a there's a good amount of kind of pathos that comes from watching the Grant Grant creature (laughs) be like take over this town. (laughs) Uh, And Greg Henry's in this movie as the mayor and he's absolutely terrific. In this mm-hmm. thing. Uh, the, the 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 entire cast of this movie does like a fantastic job of playing up the kind of uh, the, the, the level of very dry humor that runs throughout this thing in the midst of seeing like a bunch of space worms, creature things take over this town. Um, I have a lot of fun watching slither. I think it's uh, very effective in what it's doing. It is, uh, what's what's it? Uh, Night of the Creeps is like a big kind of influence on this movie, very specifically. But there's a lot of like really fun references to other things, even in like the scoring. Uh, there's some like there's some predator there's some predator type stuff going on in here, among other horror themes that I kind of picked up on every time I watch it. A lot of the character names are references to various. I think the mayor is actually like McReady, if I'm not mistaken. Like so, there's yes, that's
3: correct. Yeah, there's
1: a, there's a lot of like good. It's it's it has James Gunn playing around with a lot of movies that he clearly loves and wants to kind of put reference to in the, in. In his own horror movie, that you know, let him eventually to you know making well he made Super after this, which is its own take on kind of vigilante movies, which I think is also quite it's also incredibly dark. But yeah, I think it gets really dark in that movie. Think, but also, and also, it has a lot of pathos for the for the Ray, the Rain Wilson character, um, and then obviously Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff follows that. But yeah, Slither is one where again then this came this this one did not do well at the box office which is not surprising but it's like there's a lot to enjoy in you know in seeing you know kind of an r-rated horror movie that has some some neat ideas of how to how to kind of reference 80s horror movies and blend it with like the latest like special effects technology for it for a fairly low budget type i like slither quite a bit i might want awesome. to watch it later no <laughs> Uh okay uh Todd what's your I guess this is our last pick right? yeah what's your all what's your right. final, pick, here? Well, I've been final debating. pick
3: well I've been debating but I'm I'm just gonna go straight classic and 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 as much as anything because it is uh probably my favorite horror movie of all time and and the most probably the most important horror movie I've ever watched which is Evil Dead Two
1: yes I uh mm, I mean yeah.
3: this is not a this is not an obscure movie for anyone who's ever heard of the horror genre? Uh, used much to much be.
2: Much- it used to be. More
3: yeah. So. Yeah. Sure.
0: It what used to be back in the day the video. That's what, yeah.
3: Well, well, when I was, I mean, what I specifically remember is when I was a kid. I was probably in eighth or ninth grade, and I went over to my friend's house, and he was like, "You have to watch this movie." And I remember him sitting me down and putting me in a room, and I used to be terrified of horror movies. Uh, that actually hasn't changed, but, but I, I, I sat down to watch it thinking, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of creepy. And then it just sort of like overtook me, and I started to, to appreciate its genius. Uh, and I have since watched it, you know, 200 times or whatever. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, It's bona fides have been, have been deconstructed and discussed a a thousand times over, so I I don't feel like I even need to go into them, but, but it is a movie, uh, that I absolutely love and, and, and I think that every human being on the planet should watch it, live it, be it. Live it. it. Be it.
1: Brandon and I. I I'm going to have to get my arm shot up with a shotgun replaced.
3: Yeah, you are going to. You are going
4: Brandon,
1: to. Brandon Absolutely. and I, and I think Amy might have been on there, um, as well as Friend of the show Jordan Greth. We did a commentary for the first two Evil. We did. We've done all three at this point, actually. But we did. <laughs> um, it, it There was a long break in between our commentaries for Evil Dead One and Two and Army of Darkness. But uh, yeah, we talked plenty about Evil Dead Two um, in the past. I don't think we need to go more into it as far as how much. We appreciate what that movie has to do, but yeah, I, I, it's certainly one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and <laughs> there's so much to enjoy about that Bruce Campbell performance. Um, I think like, a... oh yeah, no go oh, go go. Well, there's there's a genuine there's a genuine amount of I think legit horror that often gets overlooked because of how zany some of the comedy is, but there's a lot of good tension that spills over from what left over from evil dead which is very much is a a straight horror movie that just happens to be a bit more humorous when you look back upon it but it takes itself more seriously than evil dead 2 does but that doesn't make evil dead 2 any less good it's just it has a kind of a it's operating at a different speed and it's very effective for doing so
2: yeah i I was just gonna say something i don't know if if we mention it when we talk about it at all but like even if even if you're not a horror fan and you're someone who's like a young aspiring like to be a filmmaker i think that's a perfect film to watch just to just see oh, yeah. some massive amounts of talent and innovation like on display just you know great the cinematography and just a director being completely involved and all of that just
1: it's absolutely something to see you can get a great like film school from watching like El Mariachi, Blood Simple, and Evil Dead Two. Like that's yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. Like, watching like cheap movies that utilize director ambition and limited resources in order to create something that works.
2: Yeah, yeah. totally. Evil Dead
1: Two so good. Uh and that that <laughs> Blu <laughs> Ray is terrific for it. Also, the most recent, the second movie. one, yeah, the Lionsgate yeah, one. The yeah, the the most recent Blu Ray release does has some fan- it has a fantastic behind the scenes. Uh, Doc, I think it's like two. It's almost like two hours, at least. It's like feature length, for sure. Yeah, we have feature length yeah. on
2: that, and Army of Darkness have feature length.
1: Yeah, and it and the film looks better than ever, as far as, and you know, these, these are, you know, it's not like these movies are made for a lot of money, so saying it looks better than ever means they put a lot of painstaking great process into making sure it looks great on Blu-ray, and it does, so... For a series that's been double dipped so many times throughout history. (laughs) uh, Mm. uh, Okay, Abe, what's your what's your final pick here? No, Brandon or no, Brandon. Sorry, yeah, Brandon was talking. My bad. Okay, Brandon, what's your final pick here?
2: Well, I'm gonna I got a good segue, I guess, for my final pick, but uh, I'm gonna keep the Bruce Campbell train running with uh, Bubba Hotep. Oh yes, Mm. Don Coscarelli film. Uh, This one is just this little. It's such a strange movie, like in concept, to come up with, like you know, El. Elvis and JFK uh in an old <laughs> retirement home fighting a ancient mummy who's sucking the life out of these um senior citizens
1: J- JFK obviously played by Ozzy Davis played by Ozzy Davis.
2: <laughs> <Played laughs> <Ozzie> Davis and <laughs> and and there's a, a weird factor of like are these guys, you know these guys really believe it and the Elvis one is like is he really Elvis or is he you know just yeah. this guy who's come up with this story that and he believes it but it's uh
1: it's yeah, just, I'm still I'm still on the fence about the Elvis story. Ozzie Davis, obviously, I believe, is actually JFK <laughs> who was placed in this body. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just this, it's a this silly movie, and I think Bruce Campbell described it best, where it's like it's it's, it's a silly, crazy concept that's dumb, weird, funny, but yet it, at the end of the towards the end of the film, in the final battle. You end up getting choked, almost, almost choked up about things, and that's like a testament to like how just well done it was. We never got a sequel. I don't think we need a sequel, but um,
0: well, there is. They are they they want to make one. They
2: They want want to make make one, one, and uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell said, "Well, you know, Don, we you know, we have time. I you know, I I, I can age into old Elvis, and we don't have to (laughs) use all the makeup." But uh, yeah, it was like Bubba Nosferatu um yeah the planned sequel but they just they uh they value their friendship and have not agreed on a script so that's what um they have not and i i guess he was going to replace him with ron Perlman at one point but he wants bruce I uh,
1: yeah bobo hotep is is a is a fantastic it's a fantastic character piece actually it yeah. just happens to have yeah. this horror element yeah but there's a great like besides like the buddy element which is very fun i think the the, the there's a very good Bruce Campbell performance here as as yeah, yeah. his acting goes and I think Bruce Campbell obviously you know he's known for more, being you know zany or what have you but I think there's a number of roles he's been in this and this one would be probably in my top 3 as far as like peer acting goes where he really goes all out to give like a real performance in this movie right it yeah, plays, yeah it it plays into a level of like i don't know like, it, like you know there's there's it's, it's it's there's it's farce obviously but i mean there's a there's a serious commitment where he's not winking that's very important, and it's very important to a movie like this that is obviously so insane since it's about a mummy invading an elderly home. <laughs> and only Elvis it and K could happen. Can stop. I know. It's <laughs> a, true, it is a true story, though. Yeah. Let's, let's be fair. Oh, yeah, I, yeah obviously, yes. Uh, by yeah. the way, the other two, like, key Bruce Campbell, you know, as far as act, real acting goes, is um, the, uh, um, uh, his Spider Man 2 performance and uh, the end of Dark Man. Those are what I'm referring to. Mm. But um,
2: Not Spider-Man, Congo? So.
1: Kong goes fourth, uh, but uh, no, Baba Ho That's a great, yeah. That's that's all, that was on my my backup list for sure because it's there's a lot of. Fun. I can't wait for that. I know you. I think you already have the screen pack. I do.
2: I'm, cr- yeah, I'm currently working on that.
1: Yeah, and I I I can't wait to check that out because it's uh it's a movie. I'd love to see more great special features on or whatnot. Abe, what's your final pick? Final
4: one is one that we've talked about. I brought it up a little bit earlier in the series, and it's one that I go back to a lot now, uh, more often than I thought that I would, and it's a. Trick or treat, Uh, (laughs) yeah, it fits more with this one than uh, I think. I brought it up on slashers, slashers Mm. with the with the spirit of Halloween killing everybody. But in this case, uh, I I really enjoy (laughs) the principal played by Dylan Baker, and uh, that guy's just demonic and twisted and so so weird. But uh, there's a lot of laughs in this movie as well as a lot of really good scares. I enjoy this cinematography and I just really cannot wait for more Michael Doherty stuff. Uh he did Krampus, which I thought it was I uh could have been R rated and it could've The highs
1: been- the highs are very strong in that movie.
4: Yeah. The highs? The, the, the high you know, the the best moments
1: in that movie are really good moments. Where yeah. the
4: giant uh, Jack in the Box eats one of those kids and crawls around. Yeah, that was pretty spooky. That was yes. gross actually. Uh but yeah, I, I agree with you that some of the highs are, are very good in that movie. In, in any case, Trick or Treat, I enjoyed. It's a kind of a mythology thing, but there's running characters throughout. I'm uh, not huge on the werewolf uh, story, but uh, I would say like the the principal is probably uh, my favorite. Uh, Bri- I, think uh, the, the were- I think the werewolf,
1: I I think the werewolf one plays well when you watch the movie multiple times. I think that that story gets better as it goes because you you pick up on what it's trying to do much earlier than when it actually. You know, kind of goes through with yeah. it.
4: Yeah,
1: I've only seen it about like four times, but I'll, I'll watch it again. Four times? Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'll watch it again. Yeah, but uh, again, I enjoy, I enjoy seeing them. And again, the the school bus thing is so well shot. It, it it looks so good. Um, and there's genuinely some pretty spooky things that are going on in the in that story. But uh, again, a lot of laughs throughout as well. And the way that it ends is, uh, you just have to have a jack lantern and the spirit of Halloween on uh, October thirty first. Well, the rare double-listing for Abe as far as these
1: episodes go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like film, it's already good. mentioned on another list. <laughs> hey, uh, um, Jimmy, what's your uh, final pick here?
0: I'm going to go a little off offbeat with this one just because I think it's a great story and it's uh, a lot of fun. It's Warm Bodies, the uh, the zombie film.
1: The zombie rom-com?
0: The zombie rom-com, which is unusual. I mean, it has definitely kind of a... You know, I, I, you could compare some of it, I guess, the romantic elements to, like, the kind of sweet relationship that Shaun of the Dead had. But I, I just really liked it. I liked the idea of seeing a story kind of through a zombie's eyes. I like, I like the performances. It was a, just a sweet film. It was a lot of fun, and it definitely has humor. And I, But it, it comes from a more natural place. So I was actually wondering whether I should use, call this a com- horror comedy. But I do think it has enough horror to warrant calling it that.
1: Well, Warm Bodies is quite good. I, I like that movie quite it, – it's one where – because we, talk, cause we yep. talked about it on the podcast. I think we've come to like it even more than when we initially reviewed it on the
4: Well, podcast. especially because I think it was at that time where – you know, it was, it was day, like coming on HBO right?
1: like a lot for me for a while. So I was like, yeah. so I kept seeing bits and pieces of it.
4: But it was a Rob Corddry is great in it, and the way that they Rob Corddry
1: is great. In it. <laughs> yeah, the they really handle. Is hilarious.
4: Uh, it's like a very unique take on on instead of <laughs> zombies all being dead and whatever else. It was pretty interesting the way that they kind of had a resolution to it. It's almost like this Romeo and Juliet story too. Well, yeah. it is.
1: I mean, it's playing off it's that, exactly sure. and, yeah. like by. What it like, cause I take my zombie movies pretty seriously, even regardless if they're a comedy or what have you, but as far as kind of zombie rules go, because they, I, you know, I tend to, to try to respect the level of zombie, like as opposed to vampires, which is kind of place different things can do fast and loose with it. I tend to kind of, you know, I, I try, try to take Romero rules with zombies to heart. So that one, I was like, I was very. I was very concerned of like how much I can I can get this movie's going to get away with that I'm going to accept as far as zombies talking and learning and doing certain things, and I was able to kind of look past that for Warm Bodies. I, I came around to really liking what it tried to do with the uh, with that with with with, a, with its own zombie universe.
0: Although to be fair, Romero did that in Day of the Dead. I mean, they were experimenting with, yeah. and then you know he went a little farther with Land of the Dead. But I, but I do agree with you. I'm, I'm usually a, a Romero. I, that those are the zombie movies I prefer. But for some reason, uh, a lot I like a lot of I, I, you know, I even liked Life After Beth. I, I kind of like zombie
5: comedies.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Fido was another one that I considered for, uh, for this list of uh, Billy Connolly, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite. A, I think it's quite entertaining. Cockneys
2: yeah. versus Zombies is pretty funny. I still yeah. yet to see
1: that. I heard good things about it though. The last film that I'm going to mention, I had a number here since I was Tucker and Dale was on my list. I have to replace it with something, but there's still, you know, there's a lot we haven't mentioned. We'll get to this after we're, I'm done here. We can talk about mm-hmm. some of the backups we also could have listed because there's a lot of I think obvious ones that we've avoided on purpose to an extent. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with a uh, Paranorman. Oh, uh, nice! Since we, Abe and I have been happy to champion Paranorman a lot on this and podcast. like in general. And like in general. And so why not um, t- talk about it right now? in This horror podcast. We're talking about horror comedies. Um, it is an animated film. It is PG. It is intended for, you know, ad- kids and adults. Um, but mm-hmm. it is a it is a zombie movie that is very much, you know, indebted to the, the fandom over, you know, Carpenter films, Romero films, what have you, mixed with. A, a general love for you know animation or for kids adventure movies, and uh, you know, in strong writing that tell a great story about bullies and about a, a child that gets caught in the center of all this. I, I've been happy to watch Paranorman a number of times. We recently talked about it when Kubo: and The Two Strings came out because I added I've added Paranorman to my ever expanding list of favorite movies of all time. Well, so think it just does, I think it just does everything that it can do to be this kind of terrific story overall. That happens to be an animated zombie horror comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, I think if even, you know, if I was younger and I was watching this in the right setting, I think there's some legitimate spooky things going on in this movie as far as how some of these creatures enter into rooms or what have you, where it's kind of self-aware, but also a lot of painstaking detail, especially because the stop motion animation, goes into creating this and making it work. And also, uh, I was caught off guard with, uh,
4: one of the flashback sequences when he finds out, uh, what's up with the witch. And I was like, wow. Yes, there's, there's some dark that, material that yeah, went in this movie. Yeah, quite
1: dark. So I was like, this is which a bold movie. Like which is true of all of, which is true of all movies. <laughs> like, there's like, some yeah. dark stuff in all of them. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we've talked about, well, 25 horror, horror <laughs> comedies at this point. Uh, what other, what other films did you guys have that you, uh, could have mentioned at some points?
0: I was going to mention the Final Girls that that came out I think last year. Yeah, last year with yeah. Ackerman. I love that film. It's a terrific, a, a fun. I, I didn't think it would work because it's a PG thirteen quote unquote slasher comedy. Mm-hmm. But that thing worked really well. It's got some Thomas Middleditch is really funny in that. Thaisa – I can't ever pronounce her name. Tessa whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I I I think she's great in it. I, I it's just a sweet, and, and and it's one of those rare horror movies that that can got, like bring a tear to your eye. That there's yeah. some really heartbreaking stuff in that.
4: Yeah, and I think that it was like a lot of your posts, Jimmy, that you were doing uh, on social media, and then Aaron's recommendation as well. I was like, well, I guess I better go watch this. And you guys didn't disappoint. Mm, good, good.
1: <laughs> Todd, you mentioned you had like 15 pigs. What, what were some of the other ones you were?
4: oh some of the other ones
3: um well one spit uh <laughs> yeah oh, okay. jim carrey yeah you know man. and uh, loyal, Th- that's loyal. a movie todd i always thought and- uh, oh wait
0: todd did you get the boogans
3: on there i, I did not get the <laughs> oh, damn! once it.
2: again jimmy o disappoints uh <laughs> teases the boogans <laughs> <laughs> let's
3: funny. see reanimator was one
1: yeah that was okay. online re-animator. Re-animator. Oh, i've um, never
0: heard of that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh,
1: we're Je- had- star- with- starring Jeffrey Combs, who's in the Frighteners, uh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. very
3: good. I had uh, Arachnophobia. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and then a, a Drag to Hell was on there, and then like the last two that I was debating whether I was going to mention were Rubber and Detention.
1: Rubber is Rubber- one. Of the oh I'm yeah. On my backup list. Rubber is such a a weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> it-, it very much. It's it- super weird. It-, it has. It actually has like an audience. Like a. a- you know, an audience within the movie watching the movie play out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you know, and this is the movie about a killer tire that's going mm-hmm. all over a town and <laughs> blowing people's brains up. It's 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 wild. Also, the a true, story. Wild. <laughs> also <a> true story. Also, true story. The ending's quite wild in that movie too. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of like it's yeah, not yeah. one where I'm like. It's not one where I'm like everybody should see rubber, but it is a movie where it's like if you're into something weird, rubber's a pretty weird movie to go catch up on.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that and uh, and and Joseph Kahn's detention, which is a movie that is Uh, similar sort of schizophrenic in it's in it's uh no i'm sorry it's not it's not similarly schizophrenic to 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 rubber but it has it has this incredible sort of pastiche of all these different kind of influences it's like a teen movie like an 80s teen movie combined with like a slasher movie with like a time travel movie and it's got all these weird things sort of mashed together uh but it but it works really well and uh and it's and it's it manages oh. in spite of all those influences to be really unique.
1: I've still yet to see detention. I've heard I've heard mixed things about it, but I'm still interested, but it's mainly because Joseph director Joseph Kahn tends to rub me the wrong way. So it's like every time I'm gearing up to watch detention, he like says something on Twitter or something. I'm like, Oh god, this guy go <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, away. I mean, that does take you out of the mood. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Brandon, any other uh, picks you wanted to mention?
2: I had uh I had, I think we touched on it. I had of the creeps on my list. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Bride of Chucky, mm-hmm. um, which is my favorite Child's Play film. Yeah, Bride it's, of Chucky. it's a great one. Um, and then I I, I didn't really uh, I was like yes and no. Like I had Year Next.
1: I, told, there, I I. There's some there's, really funny stuff
2: there with the family fighting too. and yeah. some of the the it's The, the, the sarcasm correction. that gets me, yeah.
1: like yeah, I, yeah. I, walking. I mean. I I was not aware of how funny that movie would be going into your next, but I was certainly finding a lot of. I mean, even the credits, like get it, get the joke, where like every every person's like credit in that movie is like over their dead body, like how they wound up dying in the film. Like there's a lot. It's like yeah. it, it gets what it knows what it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah.
2: I, I think that's. I had I had other stuff but I can't I, a few we as as I went a few
1: a few we had mentioned uh, Cabin in the Woods yeah was, come, I, one
4: th- one I thought I would come add. up at some point I think well, well I they, I kind they, of fear that everyone's yeah. gonna think about that one as well yeah we talked I about Cabin
2: we talked about Cabin in the Woods on a different one Todd
1: wouldn't
3: it on there I don't like Cabin in the Woods okay and I am right and you guys are all wrong.
1: Uh what
4: Tremors was it? did not come up. And, Tremors, uh, yeah. The I only one be, Tremors. <laughs> yeah. The only other one that I had on my list was uh was Teeth and that one was uh small little horror movie where this woman not a has comedy
1: though. Like there's no There's, there's like, there's like this
4: know. part where she, she's in a cave and then like the guy's like Yeah, so in any it's case not
1: played, there's nothing played for laughs like in that movie. It's too serious. It's there's very no serious it. and it's
4: very <laughs> serious. In any case. Uh yeah, Tremors is ridiculous. Um, Tremors is like the movie that used to keeps be on going. There's used like to, used to, four of them.
1: Tremors right. used to be on USA like like every, every. two hours. So I like, I'd watch Tremors a lot when I was younger. Did you have Kevin Bacon's hair? No, I had Fred Ward's hair. <laughs> These two like weren't core enough for me to go through. But Young Frankenstein and Beetlejuice, I kept thinking of. Sure, Beetlejuice um, on
2: yeah,
1: And um, is, there's a movie. Have you guys heard of this movie Severance? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: A, the yeah, the office that. group that goes out for the retreat. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. It
1: stars the guy that's the star of Black Sails. He's like one of the in the bad guy and Die Another Day. He's like one of the guys in there. Um, yeah. And, uh, but it's a, yeah, it's a, and it's from the director of Triangle, another film that I. It's not horror comedy, but it's another film that I really enjoy. Yeah. It's it stars this guy Danny Dyer, who I guess is like a big like TV star in England. He's hilarious in this movie, like as the mm. he's like the kind of the stoner of the Office group or whatnot. But like it's it's Severance is this like. I saw it like once at a uh, when I was in college, uh, randomly, and I was like, "Oh, it's like a horror count." All right, I'll see, see this, and it was like, "This is this movie's really good," and like I've never heard anyone ever talk about it really, but I, I really like this movie. I'd, I'd, ha- I'd happily recommend it to people.
0: You know what uh, movie I really love? And I I, I I remember seeing it when it came out, and I, I was so floored because I thought the first one was good. But Dead Snow, Red versus Dead is oh, yeah. hilarious.
1: Oh I my like god! I like both of those movies quite a bit. I, I, I do know.
0: too, but I let the sequel even just—I think the sequel kind of did the Evil Dead thing, Evil Dead Two
4: thing. Well, those those went, zombie Nazi movies? Yeah, yes. they're yeah. really yes. funny. They stink. No, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen them. <laughs> Well, the first, do I don't not. even know if I, I. I feel like
3: I saw the second one, but maybe I didn't, but I, I do remember seeing the first one. And the second one's like, better.
1: The second one's a lot better in my opinion. It's, I, I, well, I, the second one was I didn't like the Martin Smith stuff, who I generally oh, like okay. things, but the, but the rest of it I really actually enjoyed. Yeah. I think to me,
3: I think the first one, the reason that I didn't respond to it was because it felt like it was like late coming to like ripping off Tarantino, and because it was from Iceland or wherever the hell it was from. <laughs> like Norwegian,
1: if, Norwegian. Uh,
3: Norwegian, yeah. It was like, is like they only make like eight movies that make it to the United States. And this is what they do, which is basically like a lousy copy of like all these things that have been done, evil dead and, uh, kill bill and all this other stuff, all this like Tarantino knockoffs. And I just thought it was like lousy. So it's I don't usually
1: influenced by evil dead for sure. Like they're constantly making references to evil dead. Mm. Yeah, evil dead. yeah. I can, I can yeah. see that rubbing people the wrong way for sure. But sure. I don't, I
0: don't... Uh, you, Todd, you I should give the sequel to... a chance. It's a lot fun. It's it's. I, I
1: don't, tell it's do, don't tell do me what do to do, do Jimmy. Todd, I mean, do it. Don't tell me what to do, Jimmy. The direct the director Todd. of both do these it. Dead Snow movies did direct Hansel and Gretel: Vich Hunters as well. So I mean, yeah, that, that one made a, the a huge box office smash. It, it mm. did worldwide, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we could talk about with horror comedy before we wrap up here?
4: Gremlins two, no, a new batch. Which is more about, funny
3: about, in about cabin home. in the woods is not that good.
1: <laughs> and oh, no. when
3: well, no one's brought up the boogeyman yet. <laughs> sure, that's true. That's
0: true. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Arachnophobia loves that I Todd mentioned
3: that.
4: Yeah. I yeah. Mean,
0: oh, did you? I. That's probably when my phone died on me. So. <laughs>
3: which time?
0: Of yeah. the many times. Zing. Many, many,
1: many times.
0: All
6: right. Wrong.
1: All right. Well, I think we've gone quite through quite a number of horror yeah. comedies here, and i have had a lot true. of fun doing it. Um, so with that said, I guess we're going to wrap up for until next week. Next week, we'll be talking about zombie films to conclude our uh, horror Woo! genre specials. That is the, uh, the final entry in this year's, uh, mix of bonus horror episodes. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, and I, I, if I'm scheduling this right, we'll probably finally get Jason Coleman on this podcast to do one of these ones right. because we've been missing him. So yeah, I guess we'll, uh, with, with that said, let's, uh, ask everybody where can people find more of their work. So let's start with, with Todd, Todd Gilchrist. Where can people find more of your work online? Uh,
3: if you want to use Google Translate to to read my articles, uh, you can go to mtime.com. Uh, I believe that I am allowed to to mention that I that we are in the process of trying to create an English language version of the site. I don't know how soon that's actually going to launch, but uh, but hopefully soon uh that's i mean in the meantime you can uh you can always follow my incredibly profound and insightful comments uh always 100 percent serious and sincere on twitter at mt gilchrist um if you want to see amazing pictures of my cats and uh my expansive sneaker collection you can follow me on instagram at best dressed todd
1: question are the cats ever in the sneakers
3: Occasionally, but uh, okay. but I, I try to keep them
4: out. Follow up question: How many sneakers do you
1: have? Let's say eighty pairs. That's
4: a lot of pairs. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's the, that's all Blu-ray copies of sneakers. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which I wish I had. Uh, I
3: love that movie. Um, no cabin in the woods, but it's good.
1: <laughs> Brandon Peters, where can people find more of your work online? <laughs> uh,
2: Cult Cinema Cavalcade, which is cultcinematicalcade dot com, also on iTunes. We have a new episode popping up Monday, which we'll be talking uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night with uh, Justin Beam from the, from the uh, Justin Beam Radio Hour podcast, and we will also be doing a special Halloween episode on Halloween, so listen to Monday's episode to find out what that is.
1: I hope it's Halloween Resurrection. Uh,
2: Spoiler, it's not.
1: Jimmy O, where can people find more of your work online?
0: Uh, you can find me at joeblow.com, com. I uh, run, I mean, uh Jason Goldman, do flicks for fans together, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh whatever, OD, yeah, all of that, Instagram, yeah, Snapchat, you can find me everywhere, Jimmy to the O, or James Oster, one of the above, something like that.
1: And of course, we should search for the harvesters online yeah. too, which I was happy yes. to attend the world premiere of yesterday. He
0: did; he was there. It was a really cool. Event. It was nice. We had a lot of support, and uh, it was really a lot of fun. We kind of we, you know, we did our flakes for fans thing. We do. We don't do just the screening and uh and yeah, a We we have fun with it. Did you like our show, Aaron, with the, uh, with the person? It was fun, Yeah, character. You had an
1: actor up on the stage like in character calling out people in the audience and stuff. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the
0: actor from the movie. We, we flew him out from Oklahoma, and he was kind of getting all creative. So very right. proud of that.
1: That was a little was fun like, night. He... Yeah. Cool. Abe, where can people find you? You can find me
4: at Instagram, Oakley, to Oakley Twitter slash uh, Twitter.com slash Wallersmoose, and always uh, the Aaron and Abe podcast.
1: Uh, you can find me over at the You can write me you can find me writing daily over at screenrant.com. I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And yeah, we have our regular episodes about now there and an Abe. You can find those on iTunes, Audioboom, everywhere else you can find podcasts pretty much. You can email us at OutNowPodcastgema.com again, let us know your favorite horror comedy and why. You're probably gonna win. You'll be entered into a contest at that point. We have our Facebook page and Twitter page, twitter.com slash underscore podcast, and facebook.com slash out now podcast. And yeah, so uh, with all that said, until we get to uh, zombie comedy, zombie (laughs) comedy, zombie zombie comedy, guys, until we get to to zombie films. Zombie, zombie films next week to finish off this uh, round of uh, horror genre episodes. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jimmy, Brandon, and Todd for joining me today. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting us to participate. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, this is... Again, this, is, this has been fun. I've been enjoying doing all of these different entries, and I look forward to uh, f- finishing, fini- uh, finishing things off next week uh, with Abe, who's luckily been able to uh, be a part of all these ho- horror conversations, which is always great, right, First Abe? First time call, a long-time listener. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, until next week uh, when we get into zombies, that's going to be it for this one. So until next
4: time, so long. And hey, goodbye.
1: <laughs>
4: it
5: was set zombie Goodbye. <laughs> Oh, I don't believe it. <laughs> You'd almost believe they were alive. <laughs> Come on, team. you can do it. So close, but so far. I don't believe it. So far. I don't believe it. So far. So close, but so far. It's all falling apart for these teams. Look at the face on that. <laughs> he looks like he's hit the back end of a horse so Oh let's go. Come on. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it.